Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good morning. Welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopto at C70. You got Alan Medlock, A Medlock one over there. We are coming to you after another Cardinals lost. Imagine that. Um, it's Saturday, it's Saturday morning. It has been, well, you know, we had to put Alan on the IL too. Um, and I don't know if he's coming back this season. <laughs> That's what I should have said because everybody has gone on the injured list this week, right, Alan? This Boy. this team is is almost unrecognizable from what it was even at the beginning of the month. Last night was, uh, you know, it was that was a lot of the intrigue for me as I was like, oh, let's see this lineup from some of the guys that I don't know. And I mean, how many times have we said that mm-hmm. in the past, you know, six seven years? So no, it was it was it was crazy. But you, but you're right. You know, you wonder how much of it is. Uh, 
you know, on the Arenado side, it's a, I mean, he, he answers the call every day. And I mean, I'm sure his body is worn out. Um, and, you know, Dave, Contreras and then Burleson, you feel bad about because he was kind of, he was hitting extremely well. And then you know, he slides in and breaks that thumb. Mm-hmm. Just one of those things, it's circumstances and, and all, all, these are all, uh, maybe to look for the positive spin on these injuries and the losses, but it all points to more of this just being an outlier and next year they have the potential to bounce right back because it's just been an odd season all around. Yeah. I mean, it, it really has been. And, and you got to wonder some of these guys, if they would have bothered putting them on the injured list, if they were contending, you know, wonder about a, that. you know, yeah. is, you know, obviously Arnauto's struggling, but he was playing up until this point, you know, do they, you know, if they're still within shooting distance, do they try to let him fight through it? You know, Contreras the same way. Um, I think Gallegos, to some degree, was one of those guys. Now, Burleson, obviously, you know, break your thumb, you're done. You know, it's understandable. Yeah. But, you know, some of these were like, it felt like they probably need to go in the injured list. But the fact that we've had, you know, what, four or five this week seems to be more indicative to me of there's no reason to push this stuff that, you know, let's just, let's just shut it down. It's not like, and it's not like they're using it to see important players either. Right. They're not, yeah. they're not even using it to evaluate. I mean, um, we saw that, what it was, it's Siani that came up. I mean, the guy's yeah. been in the organization for like three weeks, I think, um, where you got Moses Gomez, who's, you know, hit home runs the last two years. And, you know, if they're not calling Gomez up, I think it tells you one about Gomez, but it also tells you that whoever they're calling up right now, they're just doing it so they can, they're going to have a lot of room clearing off of that 40 man this off season. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, uh, I thought the same thing. It, uh, it, it's funny. You, th- you think that this is a, a, an extended look at Palacios who I think they like, but then everybody else, it's one of those, it's just, well, do we keep, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? One of those type things. And, and we're, you know, give them credit. We were afraid they weren't going to do this, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and now, I mean, Wynn plays every day. Walker plays every day. It's kind of a fun lineup to watch. And uh, you got some of the other guys in, and that's been the most intriguing part of the season to me, you know, is to watch some of the new guys that were coming up. And while we may not see them much after this year or or at all, it's it has been slightly entertaining. Yeah, it's just, you know, and you do get a little bit of the palace intrigue of, you know, okay, they're not calling up Gomez. They finally call up Juan Yepes, but they still hardly ever use him. Yeah. Um, you know, what, you know, why is a guy like Siani coming up? I mean, if, you know, so it's just, it's a little bit interesting to see how, why they're doing things. Um, I will say, yeah, they, they played a little bit better. Um, you know, we just, we talked about it last week, you know, the, the, the series wins against Braves and, and the Reds and the Orioles and, you're thinking, well, maybe, okay, you're obviously not making any kind of run or anything. We know that, but you know, Hey, you know, I, I, I messaged uh, David Jones who does gateway with me um, earlier this week, right after Adam Wainwright's game and they had 12 games left. I said, do you think they could go six and six? He said, well, I mean, it's, you know, it's possible. And I said, if they go six and six, they don't even lose 90 games, which is, you know, kind of remarkable, right? We've talked about how this season is a disaster and they had at least had a chance right then of not even losing 90 games. Uh, yeah, since then they haven't won a game. So yeah, you know, obviously that's a different story, but, um, yeah, I, I just, just once with these injuries and, and, uh, it's just really, I mean, they've been playing out the string for a long time, but now it's like, I think if they could just say, Hey, we're going home, they just do it. <laughs> you know, they didn't, yeah. any, if, if they didn't have to play these games, they'd be fine with that. Yeah. Well, San Diego was probably more of a vacation than it's ever been in the last few years yeah. this, this weekend, I would assume. 
you know, it's their their uh, the end of season for them. I had to edit out a huge sneeze just there. Sorry, <laughs> I'm kind of fighting a, a cold. So, um, so yeah, end of season for them. You bring in a bunch of the new guys with you. You know, you see the uh, Willy Wonka dress up. Mm -hmm. the, you know, the tradition of the rookies on the last road trip. I think they're going to have some fun with this, and uh, and you know, it, 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 at least uh, at least someone is kind of. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that. yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, it's. I, I mean, it, go ahead. No, honestly, I watched a lot of the Milwaukee series. <clears throat> you know, I watched a lot of last night, and it's one of those I, I was I told uh, I turned down something last week. Well, I actually actually went to my only driller game of the year. Sad to say, last mm. Sunday, but I watched every pitch of the Cardinal game before that. You know, and I just told myself, you have two weeks of these, and you're really going to be missing them here in a month. So I'm trying to watch as much as possible, and, and I've enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to be said for hey, you know. In a week from Sunday, this is all over with, and um, then you have to go all the way till you know beginning into March before you see yeah. regular season games. You'll see some spring training games, but um, you got a ways to go. So yeah, there is there is definitely something to that. I mean, if I was able to, I'd be watching at least some. I don't think I would have watched all all of last night just because of the late night, but um, but yeah, I so there is, and there are, you know, I mean, at least if nothing else, yeah, you can watch these guys like you know. What are they going to do with Luke and Baker? Who knows? But, you know, sure. you get a chance to see him at the major league level on a regular basis. You know, Perfect example. Perfect yeah. example. Because he's – that's one of those that uh, he's always going to be knocking on the door. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Just to his power. But then it looks like he's a little overmatched when he gets up. Yeah. So, that's that's a great example. Um, yeah, the other ones like Cricero and uh, for me, you just you, you know they're probably going to get lost in the shuffle. I would assume Palacios is the one that I'm a little surprised we haven't talked about him the last couple of weeks because I think he may be a guy that that is really moving the needle on them a little bit. It is. I don't know what they thought they were getting in in him. You know, when they picked him up, I think they were just really yeah. looking at filler for. And when he came up, I don't really think they necessarily expected a whole lot. I mean, maybe they did, maybe, but. But I think he's given them a lot more than they expected. And yeah, I think that he has factored into those discussions. I assume that he's still, I don't know what his option is situation. Cause I mean, that's the kicker, right? I mean, you'll know, probably keep him around through the winter. No matter. I think he, I think they don't need to clear off that much room of the 40 man, but if he can't be option next year, then, you know, yeah. Does he have a place on a team that's in theory healthy and, and ready to, I mean, he very well may, but I don't know how the numbers would work. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, it's one of those to where I know this is knee jerk and we say that we don't do it. And I'm the worst about doing it, but, uh, you wonder how much they look at a Palacios and think that's a great fourth outfield option. But on the flip side, do they even have three outfield options at this point? And I think you probably know where we're going with that eventually mm -hmm. with, with O'Neill. You know, you and I text several times, like, gosh, this is getting ridiculous type of situation. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> I just, I kind of wonder, the, the offseason will be fun just to see what kind of roster churn actually happens. Yeah. We know it's going to be a bunch and the writing is on the wall about what they're going after, but how much, how different the team will look come, uh, you know, even post winter meetings could be interesting. Yeah. Looks like Palacio still has two options left. So yeah, there's yeah. no, he's he not going anywhere. Um, and I think that he definitely looks to serve a very good, very valuable backup role. Um, 
some of these other guys, you don't, I mean, you don't know, like, you know, Jose Fermin has three options, but you know, is he worth keeping around? You know, Luke and Baker, again, he has three options. I expect that they would keep him as backup, but sure. This may be the longest that he ever sees the major leagues. Um, yeah, you're right. This is definitely going to be, you know, with the people that we're, they've called up with the people that are leaving, um, there's going to be a lot of, of roster turn this off season. They, they, you know, again, we know they've talked about the, the starters, but they're going to need bullpen guys. They're probably going to need to, you know, strengthen at least the bench. Um, so, you know, and you're right. What do you do about the outfield? You know, you've got, you've got outfielders, but do you have starting outfielders, especially if, if Tyler and can't stay healthy and Dylan Carlson, isn't going to quite develop the way you want him to. I mean, is that a situation where you're looking for somebody out there to, you know, take care of one of those spots? I, I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, the, uh, <clears throat> you know, and I, you and I talked about this uh, right before the, uh, the deadline, and it wasn't on the show. It was more through text about what could possibly happen. Mm-hmm. And there's an element to me that that wonders that, o- that, that Carlson was out of the picture back then. And then O'Neill definitely is now. Mm-hmm. And I, I do wonder if they're going to play in that center field market a little bit next year. Um, because I, I I say that, this is looking at no metrics, looking at nothing like that. But I don't know if they wouldn't rather move Newt Bar to a corner, potentially left field, and go Edmund or give a go and get somebody better than both of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that may be via trade. We don't know. Uh, but I'm not sure. I think that you're looking at a situation where you know where Walker's going to play every day. Right. I think he's improved enough and shown that he's going to improve enough that that he's going to be there. I mean, mm-hmm. think about this. His numbers are fantastic for a rookie. Yeah. And 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 there for a little while we were like, oh, I don't, you know, this he's going to need more time. But I mean, he's been a he's been a big piece. So I don't know. I, I think that the outfield could be interesting. And I think more of it is the fact of, hey, let's do something because we haven't in a while. And I hate that for Carlson. But for a guy that thinks would love to see O'Neill in the lineup every day, I'm really tired of every other, you know, every other uh, series, him going down with something. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, they, they this offseason, he was, there was talk about him, you know, you know, maybe not wasting yeah. as much and being more flexible and trying to stay healthy. And then it's just been, and it's not like it's a consistent thing. It's not like Nolan Gorman's back, right. That he's continually having to deal with his back. And, and that's an issue that, you know, maybe we can talk about or whatever, but you know, it's always seems to be something different with Tyler O'Neill. Um, and you know, not, it's not the, you know, broken bone or anything like we saw with Burleson. It's always a, a pull or a strain or a tear or something like that, which, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what the, the deal is, but it is frustrating for a guy that looked, has had pretty good moments when he can stay healthy. Agreed. But you know, you can't, if you're only going to factor him in for a hundred games each year, then you need somebody else. Um, well, I, I mean, yeah. it's one of those that you break it down, <laughs> go coach style on him. Your best ability is your availability. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's been an issue. Well, I mean, it's what Mo said earlier in the year, right? I mean, there's mm-hmm. a you know, a, it's, there's an ability to stay healthy, um, and Tyler O'Neill doesn't hasn't shown that ability too much um, in the in his career. So, you know, I just I don't know. I think that you know when you talk about 
um, when you talk about, um, now I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, with, with him and yeah, it's gone completely gone. I had it. I had, I had something that I got a text and I just went, um, but yeah, I, Oh, well his, that's what it was. And I got back there. This is great radio. Um, yeah, I, I understand that his trade value is like ridiculously low, right? I mean, no, they're not going to get the value that they want for him if they try to trade him. Yeah. But I also don't know if they don't look at that as addition by subtraction sometimes, right? I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. We've yeah. talked about it. It, it. You know, looking at it from from what they say and what he does and all this kind of stuff, it doesn't feel like there's a great relationship between him and the front office. And you wonder if they're like, okay, you know, if he can help us upgrade from a, you know, a B minus reliever to a B reliever, then maybe it's worth it, you know, to toss yeah. it into a package. Um, I, I think that, yeah, I think right now he's, you know, there, there is an idea that he's not man out because if Mason wins going to play every day, it's short and they're going to play Gorman at second, who has improved as well. Right. Yeah. There. Um, he's going to play a lot at, at second, um, you know, maybe you do. And I don't know if this is the best thing, but I think I could see the Cardinals doing it. You, you do have a, a Newt Bar Edmund Walker outfield. Yeah. And then you let, you know, Carlson be your fourth or man, you even let, you know, is Palacios working his way into a possibility of a fourth and you trade both those guys. I don't, I don't think I would want to read that much into what Palacios has done yet, but you know, uh, no, yeah, I agree. Uh, no, agreed. And I think that he's going to be, I mean, we've seen him do this before about uh, using those guys regularly, then go to Memphis for a little bit of, uh, <clears throat> for a little bit of, you know, lineup time and then come right back if there's anything that happens. And unfortunately with the outfield this year, it's happened a lot. which given opportunity. But you know what? If their whole goal is pitching, and I think that that's probably, that probably has to be the primary goal. Right, I think right. you can read enough of the tea leaves to think that Edmund's going to get that first shot at center field next year with the thought that he's going to move around a little bit, uh, that they have the ability to move him around a little bit. Um, you know, the one that I think is probably going to be a mainstay is that fourth outfielder slash DH is Burleson. Yeah. yeah. Because I, I mean, I know that that's the eye roll and that's one of those is like, well, he's just the, organization's favorite but you know he he struck out less than 50 times mm-hmm. and i'm like that that's gonna that's gonna play out i think that he's gonna be a big part of the team next year and i think they love him uh i think that'll be your first your first uh your your fourth outfielder deal because i i don't know what said yeah you're selling low on both of them but it feels like carlson and O'Neill are both out the door to me um and then you start crunching the numbers without having a roster in front of me. But can you survive like with the outfield glut they have now, and then the second base glut they have? Some of that's got to clear up, right? I mean, yeah. there's just not enough roster spots for them, right? Right. Well, they're not going to move Donovan. Um, Gorman's safe, I would assume, unless it's a huge, huge name that they bring back on mm-hmm. the pitching side. And I couldn't even name that name. That's on the well, unless it's maybe a glass now, but they're not going to do that for a year, right? Um, yeah, I mean, the outfield is, is where you see guys moving to me. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Which makes sense. You know, Gorman's back bothers me a little bit. Bothers him yeah. more. Um, but I do wonder, is that going to be chronic? Is that a situation? But, you know, even with it, he he hit close to 30 home runs. You know, I mean, so yeah. it's – you're right. You don't trade Gorman unless you're getting overwhelmed. I think there's a – I think there is a – possibility where you do trade him but yeah it would be you know one of the mariners really good pitchers or something like that sure. you know and somebody with three or four years of control as well um you know so it, it i don't know that it happens um but yeah i think that you're right i think they got to clear out some of those guys now and again you know like yeah your yepes is not gonna be here next year i think it's pretty clear yeah. Um, you know, uh, Burleson. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they like him a lot. Um, I, I think we continue to wait for those underlying metrics to translate into, you know, real metrics, I guess. Yeah. I just, um, no, I, well, and that's much better put than how I said it. I agree with you. I think that that's a lot of the angst of the fan base of, Hey, is this just going to be this guy that's, that's riding that, that thin line the whole time of, you know, potential and what it can do to you or be a bad word. You know what I mean? One of those things, but I don't know. He's hit, he's hit everywhere and he hit quickly. I mean, I, I, I feel pretty positive and so much so that I just, I don't think that's somebody that would be willing to give up one. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen that in the past, right? We saw that year that Matt Carpenter was so terrible and they kept saying, look, your metrics are fine. Your metrics are fine. And then, you know, and the rest, of, a lot of us were like, are you, are you sure? Are you serious? I mean, are you really yeah. going to go with that? I mean, cause Can you email out that database real quick. I mean, right. You know, I, I mean, it's like, okay, well that's great, but those don't count. Um, and then of course he, you know, was almost MVP, uh, later yeah. on that year. So, I mean, it does happen. And, it, and there is reasons that to, to believe that, um, you know, that said, eventually it has to translate and, and hopefully it will with Burleson. I do think, you know, the fact that he is very limited defensively. Yeah. Um, I know he's, you know, working on his outfield, but, you know, he's he's not going to get much chance to play that in the major leagues. Yeah. Um, so he's either going to be, he's going to be your DH a lot. It's probably telling that the Cardinals let batted him third this week after everybody started, you know, dropping like flies until he yeah. dropped like flies. Um, but that, 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 what they think of what he can do. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. I the, the, on on the flip side of that, I will say I agree with you that they like him and that they don't necessarily move him. But I will say, if you can sell somebody on that potential, yeah, that's true. Then that's a little less difficult to to swallow. That you know, if you're saying, "Hey, look, sure. this guy's going to be good," um, you know, if they could sell somebody on that then maybe yeah because i mean they're gonna have to make we i think we've we've talked about this that you know if they're bringing in three starters you know you expect at least one of those trades and one of those trades is gonna have to be for a really good pitcher which means it's gonna hurt when they trade somebody um and Mm -hmm. you start saying well they're not gonna trade you know, they're not going to trade Gorman and they're not going to trade Burleson. They're not going to trade Donovan and all blah, blah, blah. And it is like, well, who are they going to trade? That's going to hurt. I mean, and, you exactly. know, like, you can't get anybody for Tyler O'Neill <laughs> to Dylan Carlson and Juan Yepes. You know, you, you can't get, but a, probably a, 
you know, six inning, sixth or seventh inning reliever for those kind of guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, and that's not what you're looking for. So I don't know. I think that's, that's the interesting thing because we're going to come to this trade whenever it happens. And I do think it's going to happen and we're going to be excited about what comes in, I think, but we're also going to be really hesitant about what goes out. And, you know, I don't want to say that nobody's safe on this roster because there are people that are safe, but I think the number of people that are safe are less than we think they are. Sure. Well, and that's a great point. Now, was just off the uh, just off the low hanging fruit aspect of it, we talked about O'Neill Carlson. I feel like you put Burleson in there, and then you go Gorman. You know, of the guys that could potentially leave. Which, I mean, what's your puke factor? I mean, is it Gorman? Because that's the guy that I thought. Well, you you could sell high. You may have to. It may have to eat it if he becomes a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, that's it's one of those. That's that's what it's going to take. Um, so yeah, I mean, I and I wonder. And while you were saying that, I was in the back of my mind. I thought, you know, I'm going to leave all the pitching aside because mm-hmm. that may. I mean, Helsley may be a name that gets that that's get gets bounced about. Gallegos maybe. So there's several. But of the everyday lineup side, to me, this this is just gut reaction. I would think you would go. The two you'd go Arnado Goldschmidt. Win Walker and potentially Contreras as guys that I have a hard time seeing them move. Right, right. In a situation even where I don't, I'm not so certain that Win and Arenado aren't the top two on that list at that point to me of mm-hmm. guys that are least likely to move. Right, because Win answers a major question you've had for years. Not that they've been terrible at shortstop. I thought Edmund was fantastic, but this is a career long guy that that he could be the next name to put butts in the seats type situation. Mm-hmm. Walker's probably right below that, and Goldschmidt's probably going to re-ink. Contreras, I think, has really impressed them in the, in the, on the, later in the year. Right. You know, how right. you and I talked about last week of, you know, that pitch framing gets forgotten whenever he uh, hits like he does. You know, and that's – I feel like those, those are the locks. Everybody else of that, I think that you could probably draw a circle around that they're going to move. Donovan being hurt probably keeps him out of it and the fact that he can do so much for him, but that also makes Edmund a little bit redundant. So so things could get interesting and there could be a lot of people moving. It was interesting this week uh, on my Twitter feed, I did see a Tigers fan who had a podcast who was advocating to trade Tom for Tommy Edmund, which, you know, that's just a, a fan doing a podcast and that's, yeah. you know, whatever, but it's, it was interesting to me to see other people even talk about wanting to bring in Tommy Edmond um, because we've always thought, Hey, he's got real good value to the Cardinals, but maybe nobody else looks at him that way. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know that any other, you know, decision makers do, but it was interesting to see that, you know, maybe there is a, a call for him on some teams, especially a team like not to, not Detroit being that kind of team, but I was talking with somebody else about that. And they said, you know, it's a, a team that is right there. It's ready. That just needs like one more piece. Tommy Edmund could be that piece. It could be a guy that can, you know, play a lot of diff- different places, play good defense, you know, give you some big hits. You know, a guy that could kind of, you know, isn't the one that's going to carry the load, but might put you over the top. I could, I could see that. And I don't know. I, mean, I don't know if there's any teams out there that are thinking that. Yeah. And, you know, you know, what do you get for Tommy Evan by himself? Because if you start trading him as part of a package for a big pitcher, then that team may not be one piece away anymore. Yeah. Um, but it is, I mean, it is, inter- it's always interesting to know 
what other teams and fan bases may think of the players that you have, especially not the big names like Golando, Schmidt, Arnado, but we, you know, everybody knows what they think of them, but guys like Edmund, guys like Donovan, uh, guys like Gorman that are just kind of coming up, you know, it's, it's always good to think to hear, Hey, it's not just us looking at the team that we like and, and maybe overvaluing the players. Yeah, that's it's extremely true. The, uh, you know, it, it's funny since cables kind of blocked you out for much of the pot or much of the broadcast this year. Mm-hmm. I've, I've noted this on the show several times and it's, it's one of those that still, it still makes me think that Edmund's pretty safe. It's the fact that, that, uh, Carrie and Thompson more than anybody are really pro Edmund and Centerfield, And, you know, that's probably coming up the chain. Mm. And I thought about it and I was like, you know what? I almost, I'm almost willing to bet it's more likely that he's the opening day center fielder next year than he has traded. And, um, and I think that some people will find that underwhelming, but, uh, but I don't know. I think that he's pretty safe, but I don't know how safe that is because I think that, you know, they're in desperation mode for arms and then pushing all their chips in shows that they're on the backside of the negotiation table at this point. And they're going to have to lose some guys, but mm-hmm. it would not surprise me at all. If Edmund was your lead off hitting center fielder next year. I will say that if Edmund is your center fielder, especially if, he, if he's leading off, you know, there's only certain situations where he should be leading off and I don't, Yeah, but, um, if you have addressed the pitching like you say you are, you know, bringing in a number one, a number two, and a, you know, maybe a number four, um, you can get by with Edmund as, as part of your regular lineup, right? I mean, you can have that guy that's not quite up to par, that's not exactly mm-hmm. league average hitter, uh, but does bring you defense. I mean, we've talked about that in the past, right, with – you know, called long and others that, you know, if the offense is going, you could carry a, 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 a glove like that. Even with Harrison, Harrison Bader, when he was not hitting well, um, this lineup is strong enough to do that. It should be. And then if you've got pitching to go with it, yeah, you can be a good, very, very good team. Even if Tommy Edmund is your center fielder. Um, if for some reason they don't address the team like that, or if they lose too much out of the offense, then Tommy Edmund being your center fielder may be a little bit more problematic. Sure. Sure. No. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I mean, look, let's just say you go on outfield of, of from left to right, Newt Barr, Edmund Walker in your infield next year is Arnado, Wynn, Gorman, Goldsmith, Contreras. Let's take away the mound right now. I would almost say that lineup is better than what Milwaukee just won the division with. Oh yeah. yeah. Or clinch the playoff spot with. Yeah. Because they're offensively, they're terrible. Yeah. And it's their arms that are that are pulling them through. Now, whether that's going to hold off of Cincinnati next year, which I, I I'm a little <clears throat> Cincinnati, I'm skeptical on. Let's be on. I'll, I'll say mm-hmm. that. And Chicago, I am as well. I think you can get back into this quicker quicker than you thought. But <clears throat> it all changes if you don't go and get horses. Because yeah. then, I mean, you're not going to equal Milwaukee, and they're going to be better than you next year again, just because of the pitches that they already have. Yeah, you can't run this team back and think you're going to do it. But this, Agreed. they're not, even if you ran this team back, um, you're probably going to get a little bit more luck, a little bit more, you know, uh, win a few more one-on-one games, stuff like that. You'll probably, you could probably be closer to those teams, even if you did run it back. But you're right, you're still not going to win. You're not, you're going to be at a pit, you could probably beat a Pittsburgh, you know, being contention for third. That's not what the Cardinals want to do. 
But yeah. I agree. I don't, you know, this is not a good division. Um, this is, you know, Milwaukee has played pretty well over the last little stretch to kind of push this lead out and, you know, clinch last night beating up on the Marlins. But overall, yeah, their, their offense is not that good. And, you know, then you start looking at, you know, what are they going to do with Corbin Burns this offseason? Is he going to, you know, are they going to trade him? because he's going to have one year left or, you know, yeah. you know that, that organization, you know, that, you know, that relationship was kind of iffy, um, you know, stuff like that, you know, yeah, the Reds have a lot of young guys. Do they take a step back? Cause we've seen some of that before. Although Hunter green does really look like the real thing. Um, yeah. So strikeouts and a loss. Yeah. yeah. Which is, that's, yeah, that's fine. You can do all that. All that if you don't lose. Um, I, I think that, yeah, it won't take, I mean, I think there's a, you can make the case that if the Cardinals just go get two pitchers, you know, especially two really good pitchers, they could, they could be a divisional favorite. Now that may not be enough to get them past the first round of the playoffs again, but they could be a divisional favorite with, I mean, as bad as this division is, you'll get it one ace. If you go out and got a, the Yamato and kept all your, all, all your hitters, I'm, I'm not saying that that's a good idea and I'm not saying that you would be a favorite, but I mean, there's a, there's a path to winning it just right there. Right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, hopefully the Cardinal front office doesn't think that because I don't, sure. I don't know that's, that's a very big gamble, but um, just, that's just more about how this division lines up than anything. So you're right. I, this is not, and we've talked about this all the year long, you know, this is not when we were talking about it early in the year, you know, you don't, sit down and tear this team apart because this isn't a systematic failure. This is just one of those years that everything went wrong and you got hurt. You got people that didn't perform. You got off to a terrible start. The pitching was bad. You know, it was Wainwright's last year and maybe he shouldn't have come back, you know, although we'll talk about him in a minute. Sure. Um, I put all that together and it was just, Hey, and these things happen. And if the fact that it hasn't happened in 30 years is pretty, pretty impressive for this team. I mean, you know, the way we talk about this team it, it, and I get it, but you're still, you know, and at one time they were probably on pace for this, but like I said, there was a chance they could have missed 90 losses and, you know, really every team, you know, if somebody said you lose 89 games, it's a bad year, but you wouldn't think it's like, you know, end of the world. And here it is for the Cardinals. It is. I mean, it's really, really bad. I, I guess I'm just saying that our standard for terrible teams is not quite the same as, you know, Detroit or Pittsburgh or anything like that. Who would have looked at a, if you told them at the beginning of the season, you're going to lose 90 games. It's like, Oh, we're going to get better. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I think we've got to calibrate a little bit that and, and realize that this isn't quite the end of the world, even if it's just, it's just a bad year. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with that more because it's one of those situations where you're like, where you want to say, well, I, I don't know because you saw what happened in Colorado and you saw what happened in Arizona with both the superstars that, you know, things mm -hmm. were bad, really bad. It's still hard for me to believe that a team with those two superstars and a team with the might that can go out and improve didn't see that they made a mistake last year and will go out and improve and be a lot better next year. Um, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's funny because you're right. I mean, it, you look at some of the organizations, we're pretty spoiled. That's basically yeah. what I'm trying to say. And, uh, but that's the fun of, of maybe doing this and keeping everybody under the microscope. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that the Cardinals have definitely noticed this. I think that the fans have definitely noticed this. That's, that's what's funny is even in the, uh, the Wayno game the other night, I mean, boy, it looked empty. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, and I don't think that's – I think that moves the needle more than anything in the organization is the fact that there's nobody there because they bank so much on that. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the people that are going into this offseason thinking that the Cardinals won't do anything, I get that because the Cardinals have been hesitant in the past. But you know, you gotta realize this is a completely different situation. This is a you can't go in here and say, "Well, we made we won the division, and you know the postseason's a crapshoot," or "Hey, we were just a game or two away, and if this goes right or that goes right, we'd have been there." You know, this is a you know they missed it. That was bad. It was terrible. And you're right, people are starting to not show up. So between the fact that this and I believe this front office really does want to win. Sometimes they want to win on their terms, but they really do want to put out a good and competitive product. Um, and the fact that if you want to look at it, you know, Hey, they noticed that there may not be making as much money. Cause I'm sure I would be very interested to know what their season ticket sales, you know, for 2024, how they're going compared to what they were going this time last year. Um, you put all that together. I think they're going to be very motivated to go out and be aggressive and whether that's spending money or making trades, you know, I don't think they come out and don't John Mosellock has got clearance from front office to say the things that he's saying. And he doesn't come out and say, we need three pitchers if they're not committed to getting three pitchers. Oh yeah. Yeah. I completely agree that. And, and that's uh that surprised me more than anything of the admission of guilt, essentially, you know, mm-hmm. they've, they've said they've made mistakes before and they uh, have, have they've alluded to things that they probably should have done. We we've heard that. And we, I feel like Mo's good about it, but I've always felt like there was that, that, uh, that mistrust on it. Like, do they really believe that? Or is this a little bit of gamesmanship? But now I feel like they push their, ta- their chips in the table. And I, and I do feel like there's negotiating going on as well. I, you know what I mean? he, He's very calculated on what he says, but it did surprise me when they said, "Hey, we we overlooked pitching. It didn't happen, and now we're going to go get guys." To where it uh, where it puts them at a disadvantage negotiating in you know league wide. But yeah, I mean, I I feel like there's a little bit of desperation, and we may some, see some things out of the organization that we hadn't seen before. Um, it's there's that skepticism as well. Is they going to overspend on the uh, mm-hmm. on the wrong guys? But I'm I'm completely confident that they're going to go get those guys though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's, they don't come out and say, we're going to do this if they don't do that. Right. Yeah. They would have said, we need to get pitching. And then we would have been like, how much pitching, you know, who, what kind of pitching, you know, all the kind of, we, you know, they've said they need three pitchers and they, I don't know if they've, I don't know if they've actually said they're going to be at the top of the pool, but I feel like they have. So, um, you know, I, I do think that that's, going to be different we're going to see some stuff we haven't seen out of the cardinals before whether it is you know a trade that hurts again we've talked you know they made those trades for goldschmidt and arnado but they didn't hurt uh at least not at the time you know uh well and even the even the ozuna trade now hurts in, in retrospect but it doesn't didn't uh i don't think it hurt us too much at the at the time because we thought they cardinals had all this depth shows what they know um, yeah but it's either that or it's going to be a payroll that's higher than it ever has been or both. And I, I think it's very likely to be both. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, that, I completely agree. I mean, I, they, they, you're, they're going to, we've talked about it for a month and a half now. They're going to play at the top of the market <coughs> and um, whether they get both or two of those guys, I, we don't know, but we've, I feel like they're going to get one 
And then uh, they will probably sign two more. And you kind of said it, whether they go one and two and a four, that's a possibility. Whether it's a one and two threes, we don't know. But I, I have a feeling they're going to go get some guys. Um, what a, I, We saw another start this week out of Miles Michaelis that was not real great. I mean, it yeah. was going okay, and then it kind of blew up on him. Um, which – and Richard McGill was talking about this on Twitter, and I think there might be something to it. You know, he hasn't pitched a lot of innings over the last few years, and maybe he's getting fatigued. Although Michaelis has struggled all year long, it feels like. Uh, and it would be, as Richard said, it would be interesting to see, you know, how many times he goes like three scoreless innings to start a start, and then it blows up later on. Is it yeah. is it conditioning? Is it something else? Um, but I got to say, I'm a little bit concerned about, you know. And we've talked about it. I think we've talked about other places. You know, if if he's your three next year, maybe you're okay. But I think you'd much rather him be your four uh, yeah. the way things are going. No, yeah, agreed. And it, it's one of those with uh, – <clears throat> Michaelis is just that perfect example of what St. Louis has had as a starter for the last 10 years of, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, not a big strikeout guy. And when things get bad, they get really bad. Yeah. Um, you know, but when things are good, I mean, the, you have to reset the infield because he, he gives up so many ground balls. So, yeah, a lot plays into it. Um, I'm curious about that as well uh, because he's given up a lot of home runs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, at this point in the season, that, that in, at this point in this season, you don't really know what that means. You know what I mean? Hey, listen, this is where we are. Let's challenge guys. Keep the pitch count low. And uh, he's getting burnt by it. I'm not certain. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, I think that. I think that you have to improve off of Michaelis more than anything, whether that's two guys or three guys, but I think that's where it has to build from. I will say, and you're going to, you'll probably be a little bit surprised at this when I tell you this. Um, he's made 33 starts. Uh, he pitched in 33 games last year, one of which was a relief outing. He's pitched about 15 innings less than he did last year, but he's given up exactly the same amount of home runs, 25. Uh which does feel like a lot, but it's it's in line with what he was doing last year, which, and he gave up 27, it looks like, in 2019. So that maybe just, I mean, that's part of the game, I guess, right? With a guy that's going to be around the zone and not necessarily a a power guy, yeah. that's going to happen. The difference is, you know, limiting how many people are on there. And his, his K per nine is down almost a whole, you know, he's down to less than six. Um, yeah. And it's, Walk per nine is about the same, but uh, that it has been. But two hundred fourteen hits leads the league. It's the shift has not helped. It. The, the lack of shift has probably not helped. Yeah, it. Um, yeah, that's rough. I mean, those <laughs> those numbers. Yeah, that's yeah. I agree. I mean, that's you have to build up from there. So that's, and I'm a big Michaelis guy. Now next year, his last year on the deal, right? Uh, they just extended him. So I thought it was two years. I think it's maybe this year, it is. Next year. okay. Um, let me just double check there. That extension that he got in spring training, I think it was a two year extension that starts next year. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, cause they already had him under contract this year. It's, it's always yeah. weird when they do an extension that doesn't eat the year that, you know, that starts a year afterwards. Yeah. Um, no. Okay. It was a three year deal or a place. So yeah, he's got two years. He's got 24 and 24. Oh, okay. Um, so, um, it did, re- that one was a, a thing that did replace he had a new a new contract for this year, but uh, so yeah, two more years on on Michaelis. And again, I mean, you wonder 
Uh, maybe we talked about this last week. But, you know, when you're in spring training and you're trying to figure out who who's going to get that yearly extension that they always seem to give out in spring training, you know, it felt to me, and I think we talked about it then, that you could wait on Michaelis. Yeah. You could wait and see how he was this year because you had a good chance of signing him back at the end of the year or, you know, mid year or something like that. You could do that and wait and see, but he's been, he's been just erratic enough that I think I would have liked it. Of course we, we thought, you know, they should go get Montgomery. Now the extension for Montgomery might've kept him from being traded this year and they've gotten some really good prospects for him. So yeah, that's true. Um, there is that, but I, I don't, I wonder now, of course the Cardinals couldn't, I don't think they were really, I mean, can you imagine if we're sitting here, with Michaelis pitching this badly and not under contract, the Cardinals would have only Stephen Matz under control for next year for the rotation. And there's no guarantee that Stephen Matz was going to pitch well enough to be in the rotation. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine what that situation would be like? Yeah. We talk about desperation now. Yeah. I mean, that's then you, then you start worrying about maybe losing some of the names that we talked about that were untradeable. Right. Yeah. That's because you would really have to overhaul. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you probably would be at a situation where at least you might be in a similar spot because you'd say, okay, one of those spots is going to go to a Libertor, a Hudson, a, somebody like That's that. That's true. Um, yeah. Which is not great, but yeah, Michael should be better than those guys. But um, Or a Thompson. I mean, the way Thompson's pitched, you know, right now, we, if we, you know, for the most part, although he struggled this week, you know, I think if we heard that he was going to get a rotation spot in that kind of situation, we'd be like, okay, that's, we understand that. You just go go out and get three more guys. But yeah. Um, well, we've got well, this long. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 fair or not. I have a feeling that you're seeing what you're seeing the tryout for what Libertor is going to be next year. And I'm not so, I hate to say this, but I'm not so certain you're not seeing an extended look of what Hudson may be next year. Because I think that they're going to give him every chance to win a rotation spot, which really surprises me because I didn't think he'd be the organization next year. It's possible. Um, that being said, I mean, you've seen the t- a couple of good results out of Hudson, but it's still not, it's still the same Dakota Hudson. Right? Yeah, I agree. Even, Completely agree. You know, even last night, you know, he gives up two runs in what, six innings, seven innings? I don't remember. I don't know how long he went. But he gave up, you know, nine runs or nine hit, nine base runners in that time. He only struck yeah, out a couple they, guys. Yeah, completely agree. Yeah, he got himself I've, in trouble. Yeah. Bad I, I, base runner, he got him out of one inning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I get that. I could, I could see the organization saying, hey, we're going to keep him around. And he's got an option here. He could go pick to Memphis next year and be a backup reliever. Maybe that's what it is. But I also think that. I think that they know what they have in Dakota Hudson, right? And Dakota Hudson spent almost all year in Memphis when there were opportunities for him to come up. So I don't think that I don't, I guess what I'm saying is I don't, I would expect him to maybe stay in the, in the organization unless they can need a roster spot. Although I don't remember, I think he goes to arbitration. So maybe, maybe they don't, maybe they non-tender, but yeah, I don't know that they're counting on him. It'd be anything more than just organizational depth in case one or two guys get hurt. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, – it's funny. I, I was just looking, and I think uh, Libertador pitching right, you know, following Hudson in the uh, bullpen was one of those tryouts that you think that's probably what they have him thinking next year. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm curious, you know, if they do that postseason meeting, I'm going to see – 
who they say we're going to stretch him out as a starter, which they always say, and mm-hmm. you know, one of those deals. Um, so I don't know. I mean, that, that it, it, this is going to sound completely ridiculous, but you've run, we've run the last four or five years with the same names. And I feel like a Hudson and O'Neill, I, I don't, I, and you can probably name several others. It just feels like they're indicative of what the Cardinals did this year. And that changes may be, may need to be made for the Cardinals and for the player, yeah. if that makes sense. I don't, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I don't know why I feel that way. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think there's some value again. That's a little bit is what we said: addition by subtraction, and that it's just it's just time for you know. Even though there's still some value to this team, and there may not be you don't be able to get what you want out of them, but you know, you you let a Hudson go and just try to do something different. You know, you let a O'Neill go or trade him for something just to, because it's not working here. Yeah, I, I think there's there's an argument to be made that you know just getting rid of some of the some of the names that we have seen, and you know maybe maybe Luke and Baker isn't any better. You know, probably not. Probably yeah. quite a, quite a guy, whatever. But you know, at least at least you're failing with a new name instead of the same name. I I don't know. I mean, I don't expect that the Cardinals to just really go in through and and be aggressive with who they get rid of. Um, because I do think there's still that idea of, you know, Hey, we need pitching depth, so we can't just let Hudson walk. Um, but I, I, I could see that there's, you know, cause I, I, if Dakota Hudson goes somewhere else and becomes a Cy Young candidate, good for him, but I cannot imagine that ever happening. Cause it's never, I mean, this is who we've seen him be all the way through, uh, uh, all the way up. And it's, got some value at the major league level, but I don't think it's got a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, it's, it is, I want to say it points to a ton of turnover on, on some of the names that we brought about, but, but, but I'm not convinced that it's going to, because I think that they're going to try to keep as much as possible, but yeah, I mean, those are some of the names. Like it feels like even, even on the Libertor side, it feels like that may have played out. And I think that you'd be the first to admit that you thought the Hudson deal did, Last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I no, thought no. that. Yeah. A lot of redundancy in the names that we brought up, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And we'll we'll see how that all clears out. Um, okay. One roster spot we know will be available is Adam Wainwright's spot. Um, but 200th win in a... I thought it was very interesting because I, I was exactly the same way, just following it online um, and things of that nature. Um, how everybody was talking about how this was probably the most intense game of the year. It right? was awesome. Yeah, uh, without a doubt, it was awesome. It was one of those games you normally get in September where you're hanging on the, you know, yeah. this edit, you know, the result matters. If Wainwright doesn't get it that night, I don't think he gets it, right? Yeah, I mean, I, you wonder if he would even pitch again regardless. I, I don't know if the Stars just didn't align perfectly on that one because – I think that due to this major fatigue, I mean, Thompson last night kind of played their cards. The, uh, Carey said, is there any chance he pitches on the road? And Thompson goes on the road. No, he goes, probably not at home either. No. <laughs> this is what he said yeah. last night. And I thought, well, he goes, a, he, he goes, <coughs> can it get any better than that finish? He goes, B, I just think he's done. You know, I think he's tired. I think that we may see him hit before we see him pitch. Yeah, I think that yeah, I don't expect him to pitch again because one, and I wrote this on the Substack right before the the game, you know, but going out and pitching in San Diego, which granted pitchers ballpark, but still facing that lineup 
is not what you want to see out of Adam Wainwright, right? I mean, that wasn't a good matchup for him. And there, you know, once he hit 200, there was no way he was going to pitch on the road again. Yeah. Um, and then he, you know, his next game would be against Cincinnati at home and he's never done very well against Cincinnati. A lot of that's been in, in great American ballpark, but it's not, he's not had a real good success in Cincinnati as well. And then you've got a team, you know, it's a lot of youngsters, a lot of guys he hasn't seen. And, um, you know, a team that could be still fighting for a playoff spot right then. Um, I don't think, I think given the way 200 went, there's just no reason to do that. Now you're right. I do think he's going to, I do think he's going to get in that bat somewhere along the way, but there's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of people that are like, Hey, just let, D, let him DH for a game or let him, you know, DH for the whole last series or something like that. And I'm, you know, I'm not opposed to that in the fact that I think it would be fun just to, you know, to do that, especially for like one game. I think three games might be a little much. But I also think, and maybe they will in the last game, but I also think that, you know, the Cardinals, the Cardinals are an organization that doesn't want to be look like they're taking, that they're not taking the game seriously. Exactly. Well, and that's, go ahead, but that's where I was going to go with mine too. Well, and, and the fact that also is, hey, they're playing San Diego, who's, yes right on the outskirts, trying to push themselves into the playoffs. You know, they're playing Milwaukee who has clinched the playoff spot, but it's still looking. And then they're playing the yeah. Reds who, you know, at, right now are playing for, they're going to try to play the best they can yes. with what they have and not just, you know, like I said, you know, maybe the four, the game, last game of the year where if the Reds are already eliminated and the Cardinals are eliminated, maybe they just let Wainwright hit four times as a DH that I could see. Um, I can see him, you know, pinch hitting in a ninth inning of, of any game that's not close um, or eighth or ninth inning of a game that's already out of hand. They let him pinch hit. So, you know, could he get two or three at bats or, or more this week? Yeah, I, I think it's possible. But, you know, I can understand why they still want to take this somewhat seriously. Yeah, agreed. Just for the integrity of the game. I, that's exactly where I was going to go with that. The, uh, the Cincinnati series, it will be interesting to see how that plays out before Cincinnati comes to town, if that happens. Yeah, um, yeah I completely think that he gets in it bad at home that last three, but whether it's more than one, I, I'm skeptical considering the, the situation. You know, one thing I wanted to, you, that you brought up as far as integrity of the game and one thing that really impressed me, and I really like him, and it's one of those situations where I just wasn't with the division rival. But what Milwaukee did after that win was mm-hmm. really impressive. Yeah. And that I'm a big council guy anyway. And I thought, you know, that's they must do things right. You know, mm-hmm. it was I it meant a lot to me. I was like, man, I love when organizations do that because a lot of those guys could be could check out like, you know, crazy, hey, you know, let's shower, let's hit the hotel. We we see this all the time. But for them to have the standards that they do and what Wainwright has done for the game and done for St. Louis, that's impressive. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool to see them all up the front top steps and just sitting there watching him as he, you know, dressed the crowd and stuff. And you're right. I mean, it's, I mean, they just lost a one, nothing game, a game that I'm sure they, a lot of them felt like they should have won um, at, at times guys frustrated with themselves, whatever the case may be um, wanting to check, you know, maybe they lost ground in the, in the race, who knows, but there's a lot of frustration probably there. Um, but yeah, to, to stand and see, because that is something that, you know, Garrett Cole, might have a chance at 200, but after that, you know, do we see that again? I don't know. I mean, and you and I remember when 300 winner game winners were fairly common, right? Um, so uh, I don't know if you saw it, I, and to, to sidetrack just a smidgen, but it's just hilarious to me that that clip that was going around 
last yesterday or day before on Twitter about a game that the Dodgers and Diamondbacks were playing back in the, you know, I don't know when this would have been, you know, 10, 15 years ago, I guess now, uh, 15 percent more now, um, where the, the scheduled pitchers were Randy Johnson versus Greg Maddox. And Randy, Johnson, yeah. Yeah, Randy Johnson had almost 300 wins. Greg Maddox was over 300 wins. And everybody's thinking they're going to get this matchup of future Hall of Famers. And both those guys get scratched for whatever reason. I don't know. And so it was <laughs> Max Scherzer with no wins versus Clayton Kershaw with three wins. And it turned yeah. out to be a matchup of Hall of Famers all of a sudden. I, I, I mean, what are the, what are the odds of, of that kind of thing happening? Right. I mean, that's, that's insane. Um, but yeah. So to have Wainwright go out there and actually get it, I think it's big. I mean, I know we individual wins don't matter as much, but you know, milestones do. And to have Wainwright hit that, especially one that he obviously wanted. Right. I don't know. I don't know that he comes back if he didn't think he was that close to winning 200. Sure. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And I, and even through all the turmoil and everything this year and not being in a, in, in a race early, you know, being eliminated early, right. I think he's had fun with it. I think that uh, this all lines up. I mean, here's the thing. If they're going to, to a playoff spot, is he going to have a concert after Sunday? Probably not. <laughs> you know, one of those things. And it, so it works out pretty well. Well, and, and if they're in a playoff spot, he doesn't get to pitch. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think about that. A, if they're in a race, there's no way you let a guy that's, you know, got an ADRA pitch every <laughs> yeah. day. I mean, yeah. you just can't. I mean, you find an injury, you find something, uh, you know, because you, or you're pulling them at the at least hint of, of trouble. You can't let Adam Wainwright go out there the way he pitched this year um, if you're fighting for a playoff spot. Um, that is one of the, the good, the silver linings to this terrible year. I mean, there are a few. Um, and one of them is that Adam Wainwright got to pitch all year long, barring his, yeah. his time where he was hurt um, and was able to get that, that mark. So really cool. I, I assume we'll see Yachty this last weekend at some point in time. Um, I know Yachty has kind of been, not 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 surprise unsurprisingly not, and we haven't seen him this year which is not expected you know, nuts you know yeah but if if he's not there for that i mean he'll be there for that ceremony on sunday if nothing else yeah uh, i agree I, I can't imagine it'd be really weird i mean and, and who knows his schedule and things of that nature but i it would be weird if he just sent like a video or something like that i i think he'll i think he'll be there so that'll be cool and who knows albert may be back around as well and get them all three together one more time um, but yeah, that last weekend should be fun. This is coming up, um, you know, well, we'll be recording this next week, right before the Adam Wainwright concert. You're right. I, yeah. He may not DH that day cause he's got to keep his, you know, exactly. His, his, uh, yeah. up for the concert afterwards. Uh, I, I think it's really cool that he gets that last weekend for himself. I mean, and it is one of the benefits for him of not retiring last year. Right. Cause he would have been, yeah. Uh, uh, he would have been, I don't want to say overlooked because he would have been right there, but you know, Albert hitting four 700 and Yachty being Yachty, uh, you know, Wayne Wright went almost placed third fiddle there. Uh, I, to some degree, at least. I agree. Agreed. Um, so at least he gets a little bit of his own moment and I know that's not what he wants, but I'm glad that the organization is able to give that to him. 
No, I completely agree. I mean, and that's the highlight of the year. I mean, that, that the, the 200 win game was awesome. There was a lot of intensity in the broadcast and stuff that we have not seen in months. And it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. Well, that's, and yeah. So at least we have that. Um, when we think back at 2023, that may be about, yeah. all we think about at least positively, but, uh, one more week, we, uh, you know, just a few more games and then we'll, I know we've already been talking about the offseason quite a bit here, but, um, you know, we'll still be able to dig into a little bit more. And I think we'll probably do a little, you know, postmortem on the season a little bit of, you know, here in our sure. October. And, um, you know, we'll be around pretty regularly. Also, if you listen to last week's show or if you haven't, go back and listen to it. You know, we were doing the giveaway of the, the cap. So far, yep. we've only got one entry. So I'll leave it open for a little bit longer. If you have thoughts, or memories of Adam Wainwright um, that you want to you know, share with us, send them to my email, cardinal70 at gmail.com. Uh, DM me at, uh, at cardinal70 on Twitter, uh, at c70 on Twitter, um, and get your entry in. Uh, we'll we'll do a drawing if we've got more than one and, uh, and give that away sometime next week. But I uh, still have time to get in. Uh, Alan, I'll be back next week and we will talk about the, the last little bit of the season and see how many other people go on the injured list. Yeah. Uh, we'll find out if they're actually calling up guys from uh, single a uh, by this <laughs> point in time. But until then for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. Right now, their leading hitter all time against the Cardinals in postseason play at the plate. Beltron has murdered Cardinal pitching. Over the last two postseasons that he's played against him. Here tonight, he has doubled and scored. He's flied the left. He's grounded out and he's walked. Bases loaded, two out. Cardinals up by two in the pitch. Fastball, Steve right ball. Carlos Beltran during the regular season had 41 home runs, had 116 runs batted in. He has three home runs in this series. He's at the plate with the bases loaded, a two down, the pitch. Curveball, swinging a tap foul, and the Cardinals are one strike away from going to Detroit and the 2006 World Series. Adam Wainwright gets a new baseball. Rubs it up, stands on, looks in with the bases loaded, two out. Cardinals leading three to one here in the bottom of the ninth inning. One of the most dangerous hitters in the business at the plate, Carlos Beltran. He is ready. So is Wainwright. The 0-2 delivery. Curve struck him out looking. The Cardinals are going to Michigan to take on the Tigers. They mob, they mob Adam Wainwright on the mound. They are National League champions and headed for Detroit as they mob the pitcher. And now Yadier Molina. In comes the bullpenners to a pile on. The Cardinals have won this game three to one on a two run home run by their catcher, Yadier Molina. And they're still out on the uh, infield celebrating. What, what a ball game this has been.